Welcome to the Clay DHD podcast, where we talk about things that are more than just a hobby or an interest. They're our hyperfixations. Let's dive into why they're so gloriously captivating. I am your host, Clay. Imagine for a moment a realm where reality blurs with fantasy, where knights and wizards roam vast lands, where dragons soar high above ancient castles, and where each decision you make carves out a new chapter in an ever-evolving story. Now what if I told you that this world, as vast and wondrous as it sounds, can fit right on your tabletop? Today, we're embarking on a journey into the fantastical universe of Dungeons & Dragons. For over two decades, D&D has been an unyielding constant in my life. It's been the backdrop of countless nights, the topic of innumerable conversations, and the muse behind many creative endeavours. And no, it's not just a game for me, it's a universe I've lived in, with characters I've nurtured, and stories I've woven from the threads of imagination. And D&D isn't just about me, it's about millions worldwide who have found solace, friendship, and endless adventure within its confines. Maybe you're an avid player, or someone who's merely heard the term in passing. Regardless, the influence of Dungeons and Dragons on popular culture is undeniable. There are countless TV shows, movies, and books that have referenced or have been inspired by D&D. There's a reason it stood the test of time, evolving and growing since its inception in the 1970s. And for those of you scratching your heads and wondering what all this fuss is about, or if you haven't played a role-playing game before, it's a game where the only limit is your creativity. Well, almost. There are game rules. You could be a rogue elf sneaking through dark corridors and avoiding guards, or a mighty dwarf warrior facing off against trolls, or even a bard, charming foes with just the power of song. That's D&D in a nutshell, but trust me, it's so much more than that. The beauty of Dungeons & Dragons is how it merges storytelling, strategy, and sheer randomness into a cohesive experience. But above all, it's the social aspect, the camaraderie. Gathering around a table with friends, sharing snacks, and diving into a narrative where each player not only participates in, but actively shapes the outcome. For someone like me, with ADHD, the game offers another layer of allure. It's an arena where my often scattered brain feels fully engaged. Every session requires a mix of on-the-spot creativity, strategic thinking, and a dash of unpredictability. In the world of D&D, my ADHD feels less like a challenge and more like a superpower. So to all the seasoned players nodding along, reminiscing about their epic campaigns and close shaves, This episode's for you, and to the newbies, the uninitiated, those of you who've always been curious but have never taken the plunge, welcome. By the end of this episode, I promise you'll have a newfound appreciation for Dungeons and Dragons, and perhaps, just perhaps, an itch to embark on your first quest. Now enough of the preamble, let's roll the dice, delve deep, and answer the age-old question, what is Dungeons and Dragons? So what is Dungeons & Dragons exactly? What do you do in this mysterious game? D&D, stripped down to its very basics, is a tabletop role-playing game where you and a group of friends craft and navigate stories filled with adventure, 
danger, mystery, and often a good bit of humour. Imagine your favourite fantasy novel. Instead of just reading it, you're a character within its pages, helping shape the narrative with every decision you make. Sounds like a dream, right? Well, that's D&D for you. Within the game, every player creates a character. The character could be basically anything. A brave fighter, a cunning rogue, a wise old wizard, or my personal favourite, an artificer with an inexplicable affinity for injections. Each of these characters has their strengths, weaknesses, backgrounds, and motivations. It's these details that will influence how you play and respond to the challenges the game presents. But there's a twist. One person at the table doesn't play just one character. No, they play, well, pretty much everyone and everything else. They're the storyteller, the referee, and and the world builder. They are the dungeon master, or DM, and while players navigate the story, the DM creates and controls the universe around them. They describe the scenes, play the roles of the various non-player characters or NPCs, and decide the outcomes based on both the game's rules and the randomness of the dice rolls. Here's a typical example for you, a tiny snapshot. The DM describes the scene. You've wandered into a dusty tavern. There's flickering candles, murmuring patrons, and in the corner, a mysterious hooded figure. You, as a player, decide to approach that figure and strike a conversation. How that conversation pans out? Well, that's up to you. And the DM channeling their inner actor to bring that hooded figure to life. The game then becomes a dance between the players and the dungeon master, Players decide on actions, the DM narrates the results, and the story unfolds, unexpected, unpredictable, and often unparalleled. But it's not just about combat and quests, although there's plenty of that. It's also about storytelling, problem-solving, and yes, a good dose of acting. Remember that artificer I mentioned earlier? Well, if you're playing that character, you better believe you're going to be terrifying or perhaps amazing the table with your in-game inventions every now and then. In essence, D&D is collaborative storytelling at its finest, where the line between the game and your imagination blurs, and every session becomes a tale to remember. So that's the game's structure and roles. But you might wonder how it all began. Where did this start? Let's go back in time. In the early 1970s, in the basements of American suburbia, a revolution was brewing. A revolution that would forever change the landscape of tabletop gaming. It was 1974, and two guys named Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. There were other people involved, but for now this will do. They brought to life a game that in essence was an amalgamation of their passions for wargaming and individualised storytelling. The game... You guessed it, Dungeons and Dragons. The first edition, known simply as D&D, was a box set with three booklets. It was raw, it was fresh, and it set the stage for role-playing as we know it. With its combination of heroes, monsters, treasure, and possibly most importantly, imagination, the gaming world had never seen anything like it. But as with all things pioneering, D&D was a diamond in the rough, Players loved the concept, but there were kinks to be ironed out. This led to the release of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, or AD&D, in the late 70s. 
AD&D brought a more detailed and standardised system, splitting the content across multiple hardcover books, the Player's Handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guide, and the Monster Manual. If you were gaming during that era, these books became your bible. The 80s saw D&D's popularity surge, yet with success came controversy. Some criticised the game for various reasons, for its depictions of demons and devils to displaced concerns about influence on young minds. But as we all know, all press is good press, right? D&D's cultural presence only grew, and the 90s heralded in a second edition of AD&D, tweaking the rules and addressing some of the criticisms from the previous decade. And while it was largely similar to the original AD&D, it managed to streamline many mechanics and led to what many considered a more refined gaming experience. Fast forwarding to the year 2000, a new millennium brought a new edition. The third edition and its 3.5 update made significant changes, offering more flexibility in character creation, a unified mechanic using the famous D20 system, that's a 20-sided dice for the uninitiated, and an open gaming license, which allowed other companies to use the D&D rule set. This move in particular fostered an explosion of third-party content. Then came the fourth edition in 2008. This was, well, polarizing. It introduced a more tactical style of gameplay and was seen as almost video game-like. Every class had some form of powers, and they refreshed on short or long rests. Some lauded the innovations. Many others yearned for the older, more narrative-driven style of play. But Wizards of the Coast, the game's publisher, took the feedback to heart. In 2014, they unveiled the 5th edition, an amalgamation of all that had come before. The edition struck a balance, embracing the depth of earlier versions but refining the gameplay for a modern audience. It was considered a return to form, and has been met with overwhelming approval from both veterans and newcomers alike. And here, in the present day, D&D is enjoying a renaissance like never before. Podcasts, streams, TV shows, D&D is everywhere. From its humble beginnings to its present-day glory, it's been one hell of a ride. And perhaps that's what makes D&D so enchanting. It involves, it grows, and it continually finds ways to recapture our imaginations. Those are the absolute basics. For more information on the history of D&D, check the show notes. I've included some resources that really dig into the history in particular. It's a wild ride, and perhaps, if you'd like, it warrants an entire podcast episode dedicated just to that. But with history lessons out of the way, you might be itching to get a character sheet and dive into a game. But what exactly do you need to set out on an adventure? So now you're ready to leap into the fray. But before you do, you'll need some tools and knowledge in your arsenal. Maybe you're itching to be a player, or perhaps the idea of storytelling makes you want to be a dungeon master. But let's break down the basics of what you need to get your journey started. For a player, you'll need your character sheet. Picture this as your avatar's resume. It outlines their strengths, weaknesses, skills, backstory, personal quirks. 
It's a comprehensive look at who you'll be in the fantastical realm. The character sheet is where you'll note down all the important details about your hero. Their strengths, talents, backstory, and even any uh, weird things going on with them. Second thing you'll need is dice. The iconic polyhedral dice, or dice set. You'll need a set comprising of seven dice, a d4, a d6, a d8, a d10, a d12, a d20, and a percentile dice, or d100. And, realistically speaking, get yourself another couple of dice sets while you're at it. These dice aren't just for show, each has a specific purpose. Maybe you're swinging your sword, haggling with a merchant, or attempting to charm a feisty dragon. The third thing you'll need is the player's handbook. This is the Holy Grail. It, the Player's Handbook, or PHB, provides all the fundamental rules for gameplay, character creation, the basics of spellcasting. It's more or less an encyclopedia to understand how to play your character and how to interpret the rules. And lastly, your imagination. Don't underestimate the power of your mind in D&D. There are rules and guidelines, but your creativity fuels your character's actions, decisions, and reactions. How you choose to interact with the world the challenges it throws at you, and the other characters really comes down to your own personal creativity. If you're a dungeon master, on the other hand, the first thing I'd recommend getting is the Dungeon Master's Guide, or the DMG. It's the blueprint for creating a universe. It covers everything from world building to creating balanced encounters and crafting compelling narratives. The guide dives deep in the mechanics of the game, ensuring the world you create is immersive and exciting for your players. The second thing is the Monster Manual, because what's an adventure without some monsters to spice things up? The Monster Manual provides an exhaustive list of creatures from the mundane to the mythical, from bandits to dragons to liches to more. Each entry includes the stats, abilities, behaviours and lore, and offers you a plethora of challenges to throw at the players. The third thing that you might want to get is an adventure module, some of which are free. If you're a DM who may not have the time or inclination to craft an entire world from scratch, pre-written adventure modules are a godsend. The books uh, provide ready-made stories, settings, characters and conflicts, and DMs can use them verbatim or as inspiration. Fourthly are battle mat and tokens, or models. You can play D&D entirely in the theory of the mind, and you don't necessarily need to have expensive miniatures the likes of which Critical Role use. But many DMs and players find it helpful to visualise combat scenarios. Enter the battle mat. It's, at its basic, a grid upon which you can place tokens or miniatures representing characters and monsters. Fifthly, a notebook. Never underestimate the power of good old-fashioned pen and paper. Keeping track of story arcs, player decisions, and future plot twists will make your sessions run smoother. It's also typically faster than trying to type up events as they happen. Plus, it's a great way to jot down sudden bursts of inspiration. Sixthly, the DM screen. Now, when I DM, I tend not to use a DM screen or an absolutely minimal DM screen, but... The DM screen, which is normally a fold-out section of cardboard that separates you from your players, serves some purposes. It allows you to hide your notes, maps, and dice rolls from the prying eyes of players, 
but also provides a quick reference to some of the game's most commonly used rules stuck to the back of it. It allows you to keep the mystery alive. But, that said, if you're good at keeping things in your head or you have a great grasp of the rules, maybe you don't want to hide things. Maybe you do want your players to get little sneak peeks at things. It depends on you and your own personal style. Finally, for both players and DMs, there is one critical component. Community. It could be your group of friends, a local game store, an online forum, Discord server. The D&D community is vast and welcoming. Engage, share stories, seek advice, and revel in collective passion for the game. With those essentials, you should be well on your way to beginning your adventures in D&D. And that's the what. Uh, but maybe you're considering the how, like how do you actually get the game going, or if you're a budding DM, how do you ensure you create an actual memorable, engaging experience? So with your toolkit ready, and you're brimming with enthusiasm, how do you actually do this? Maybe you're aiming to just join a game, and you just need to know what the basics are in order to do that. Well, if you're trying to find a game as a player, there are many local game shops that host D&D nights. You can drop in, join a group, start playing. It's a great place to meet fellow enthusiasts, learn from experienced players, and make some new friends. There are also online platforms, so Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, and Discord servers make it easier than ever to find a game. You can search these up and try and track some things down. There are entire communities dedicated to connecting players with groups that fit their schedules and playstyles. And you could start your own. Maybe, in your case, the best approach is the direct one. Get your friends together, tell them you'd like to play some D&D, get some snacks and dive in. And don't be scared to not be an expert. You don't need to know everything going in. In fact, it's basically impossible to know all the rules. But the beauty of D&D lies in learning and growing together. On the flip side, maybe you're wanting to create a game as a dungeon master. I would say your first step is to get to know your players. Know who you're playing with. If they're your friends, this can be easy. If they're people you don't know so well, maybe a little harder. Find out what they want from the game. Do they want a heroic saga? Do they want a mystery-filled game? Do they want it to be heavy in role-playing, or do they want it to be heavy in combat? Maybe they've got a strong sense of humour. Try and cater the story you're delivering to the audience. Try and match it up. And that way they'll be more engaged with the entire game that you're developing. Another option is to begin with a module. If you're a new DM, a pre-written adventure module can be your best friend. They give you structure, they offer balanced encounters, and they still allow for flexibility. This will give you time to get comfortable, and then you can branch out to create custom campaigns. Regardless of whether you create your own, or get a module, you should try and craft a hook to every story, and create a compelling beginning. Create an engaging story hook to draw your players into the narrative. It could be simple, or it could be more complex. Perhaps the players receive a royal summons or there is a mysterious letter, or sudden events that thrust the party into action. Make sure that you make it, at least at some level, personal, so that there is a hook to multiple characters to why they want to pursue the adventure. 
and on that note, incorporate player backstories. If the player has written a, even a short backstory saying that Grog the Barbarian was raised by badgers, well, engage that. If that's all they've written, engage the player's personal tale as a part of the larger narrative. Tie in elements from the past, introduce NPCs from the backstory that perhaps they may not have even known. Why were they abandoned to badgers? And watch their investment in the story skyrocket. As a DM, you should stay flexible. D&D is a collaborative storytelling experience, and you are not in control. Your players will often surprise you and take want to take the story in directions you hadn't planned, and you should embrace that, adapt, improvise, let the narrative evolve organically. If this means you wander off the beaten path into areas you've never planned, fine. There's not an issue with that. Run with it. Develop your improv skills. Now, this next point that I'm going to make about engagement is, well, take it as a grain of salt. If you can, if you have the capability, use different voices for NPCs. This does help, but you're not expected to be a great voice actor straight from the get-go. It's like anything. Practice a little bit. Use different voices and you'll be surprised. It may seem to you like you're reading a story for kids, but it really does add to the game. If you don't want to do that, there are other things you can do. Make sure you describe the settings vividly. Pose challenges that require teamwork and creativity. Vary the pacing as much as you can. If there's intense battles, give the players downtime, time to rest, where they can interact with the world and explore. Downtime is important for character development. And feedback. After the session, have a chat with your players. What did they like? What did they love? What didn't they like? What felt lackluster? This helps you refine your DMing skills and helps make the next session even better. Notably though, make sure you're seeking this advice out from people who you know will give you genuine feedback. It's so very easy when asked questions like that to be the person at the restaurant who's asked by your waiter, was everything good? And even though you hated it, you say, everything was fantastic. And then in the car ride or walk home with your companion, you complain about it the entire journey. Just make sure if you're the DM, you're asking the right people. And celebrate the journey. At the heart, D&D is about shared experiences, about laughter, tension, triumphs, and occasional misstep. It is, after all, a game. Relish the moments, both player and DM. Regardless of whether you're delving into dungeons or negotiating with elves or having a pint at a local tavern, the shared stories and the camaraderie are the important part. After all of that, we've talked about the history, the why, the wins, the hows, and how you could even get started. But let's look at another type of why. Why is it that people like me, people with ADHD and similar attention disorders, are drawn to the world of dice and dragons like moths to a flame? I think that ultimately there's maybe eight major points to why this is the case. And I have noticed that at every table, there are multiple people with certain attention disorders. 
Firstly, engagement and stimulation. At its core, ADHD isn't just about the inability to focus, but rather the constant search for stimuli that genuinely engages the mind. And what's more stimulating than a world where everything is possible, where your actions can shape empires and your decisions carry weight? D&D is a plethora of stimuli. There's visual aids, character sheets, an ever-evolving storyline bouncing off your friends. Improv. At its core, D&D is engaging and stimulating. And that appeals to my mind. The second point is the power of narrative. Stories have a way of anchoring us, pulling our attention in and keeping it there. The narrative drive, the need to know what happens next, and the emotional connection to characters. All of these elements give people with ADHD a compelling reason to stay engaged. It's also why many people with attention disorders, at least when they were younger, love reading. The engagement with the story and characters and building those scenes in your mind has a way of keeping you focused. And it makes you feel like you're doing something. The third point is the flexible structure. D&D offers a unique blend of structure and freedom. There are rules, there are mechanics, but they're open-ended. And the role-playing offers ample room for creativity. For minds that often bounce between ideas, this blend is golden. There's a framework to operate within, where there's a space for spontaneous bursts of creativity or chaos. Fourthly, there's a tangible process. There is a set way it proceeds. You level up. You acquire new skills. You achieve objectives. And there's immediate feedback. The tangible sense of progress and achievement is deeply satisfying. And it's something that you can't easily get from the real world. It's also why I'm so attached to video games. They provide this immediate flow back that you can't easily acquire day to day. Fifth, there's social engagement. The social aspect of D&D can't be overlooked. Having ADHD often comes with a need for social interaction or connection. Sitting around a table or a virtual table with friends sharing in triumphs and tribulations offers a sense of belonging. Then sixthly, immersion and roleplay. You have the chance to step into another character, to see the world through different eyes, and it's liberating. The immersion offers a break from the chaos of everyday mind. It gives you a chance to hyper-focus on the present moment and the present narrative that's unfolding. And this leads into my seventh point, therapeutic benefits. There's growing evidence that role-playing can offer therapeutic benefits, especially for people with attention disorders. It aids in empathy, problem-solving, and offers a safe place to explore emotions and confront personal challenges. D&D is becoming incredibly popular in prisons, even amongst violent criminals. Why? Because of all of these elements, it allows you to explore and gain in a somewhat safe space. Lastly, there's the ritual. Odd as it might sound, the simple rituals involved in D&D, the rolling dice, the referencing of rule books, the detailing of character sheets, it has a grounding effect. It's anchoring. And if you can anchor your ADHD to the game and the mechanics, you may find that that ever-active, buzzing element in your brain becomes calmed. D&D isn't just a game. It's an escape. It's a therapy and a space where our strengths can shine. It's a realm where your hyper-focus isn't an advantage. It's beyond that, so much more than that. And that, in and of itself, grants it a beautiful kind of magic. So with all of that said, let's look into some personal adventures, things that I have done. Firstly, we'll look at a game that I ran. 
The game was titled Eskia. Eskia was the name of a kingdom set in the far north of a world. Past icy seas, snow-laden forests, there's a realm of haunting beauty where auroras paint the sky with stories, and ancient gods whisper, and they can still be heard if you listen closely. In this land, I had the privilege of guiding a group of brave souls on the adventure, and they weren't any ordinary adventures. They weren't just chasing gold or glory. They were chasing myths and legends. They were trying to decipher the whims of strange gods that populated the region. There were vast forests where trees whispered secrets of days long past. Craggy mountains hiding temples devoted to deities that no one had seen in millennia. And frozen fjords holding memories of ancient battles. But it wasn't all wonder and awe. There was a shadow that lurked in Eskia, a presence that they could feel but they couldn't ever pinpoint. They found its name, but it was always like chasing smoke, always visible and never tangible. They faced challenges, and they tested their wit, resolve and bonds as they tried to determine what was actually going on. They had to decipher runes that held the essence of nature itself, confronted spirits angered by time and neglect, discovered that not all undead are evil monsters and some are just trying to live their best unlives. Through it all, there was one thing that remained constant, the unpredictable nature of Eskia itself. A realm where you could be bartering with the wind one moment and trapped in a storm the next. It isn't just a campaign. I tried to make it an immersive experience and a testament to the magic of D&D where each session felt like we were building another chapter in the player's epics. And I tried to give each player epic moments and epic deeds, epic things that they could accomplish as the game went on. Moving on from the ethereal beauty of Eskia, let me transport you to a time where I was a player. There was a high-stakes game where we, a ragtag group of daredevils, had set our sights on the impossible, stealing from the horde of a ghost lord. The Ghost Lord, as legends whispered, was a spectral entity, bound neither by the walls of his abode or the laws of our realm. His vault, rumoured to hold treasures beyond imagination, was also his prison. They could walk through its walls as if they were mere mist. Every creak, every whisper of wind, made us wonder if he was nearby, watching, waiting. The stakes were beyond high. One wrong move, we wouldn't lose just the treasure, we'd lose our very souls. The tension was palpable, you had to navigate a maze where the walls kept shifting, where the very prize you sought could be your doom. Traps were there that toyed with our perceptions, illusions that tested our sanity, and riddles that spoke of the Ghost Lord's tragic past. The heist was an adrenaline-charged dance between risk and reward, where we relied not just on our skills, but in our trust in each other. It was a reminder of how D&D can transform a simple game night into a heart-pounding epic adventure. These two tales, listeners, are just a glimpse into the worlds we can explore, the stories we can live, the memories we can create, and the realm of Dungeons and & Dragons. And that has been our journey through the echoing dungeons and dragon-touched skies of D&D. As we prepare to pull our cloaks tight and step back into our own realm, let's take a moment to reflect on what makes Dungeons & Dragons such an incredibly immersive 
captivating, an outright magical experience. First, it's all about imagination. Think about it. D&D takes us to places we could never otherwise visit. It's more than just jet game mechanics and stats. It's about the stories we tell, the characters we become, the adventures we embark upon. In a world that often pushes us towards the tangible and the concrete, D&D is a celebration of the boundless realms of imagination. Then there's community. Remember when we talked about the players and the DM? At its core, D&D is a collaborative experience. Each player brings something unique to the table, and the game's beauty lies in how these individual threads weave together to create a vibrant tapestry of shared memories. Whether it's the thrill of vanquishing a fearsome dragon or the heartbreak of a beloved character's demise, these moments become collective milestones, reminding us of the power of shared narratives. As we dove deep into the annals of history, D&D's evolution is in many ways a collection of our own societal shifts. From its humble beginnings in basements and garages to mainstream fame, D&D's journey mirrors our own quest for identity, belonging and meaning. The different rules and modules, they're all chapters in a continually evolving epic chronicling the game's journey through time. And speaking of journeys, there's a sheer variety of experiences D&D offers. Do you want to sail pirate-infested seas? Sure. How about unraveling cosmic mysteries in eldritch realms? Absolutely. Every dice roll is a ticket to a new adventure, but perhaps one of the most poignant revelations today was looking into how D&D intersects with the ADHD mindset. Intense hyperfocus, surges of creativity, and unparalleled immersion, they all speak to how role-playing games resonate with our unique neural wiring. It's a testament to the game's versatility and depth that it offers a sanctuary for diverse minds, allowing us to channel our strengths and passions in unprecedented ways. And of course, there's the personal touch. We've shared stories that underscore the emotional depth of D&D. Every campaign, every character carries a fragment of our souls, if you will, a piece of our heart. They aren't just in-game avatars, they're extensions of who we are, and perhaps who we dream to be. I want to leave you with a thought. Many of you listening might have never rolled a 20-sided dice or sketched out a character sheet, and that's okay. But if today's journey has kindled a spark of curiosity, I urge you to explore it. Start small. Maybe pick up a beginner's guide, join a local gaming group, or even listen to some D&D podcasts. Because trust me, once you've stepped into this world, the horizons of your imagination will expand in ways you've never fathomed. And for those seasoned adventurers amongst us, take a moment to appreciate the wonder and magic D&D brings to our lives. Cherish the memories, the friendships, the epic tales that will be retold for years to come. They're a testament to the power of stories, the magic of imagination, the beauty of shared experience. And speaking of shared experiences and adventures, next week we'll be shifting gears, quite literally, as I delve into the exciting and exhilarating world of automotive subculture and cars. Maybe you're a gearhead or just curious about the evolution of mechanical marvels. I promise it'll be a ride you won't want to miss. So until then, keep the dice rolling and remember, in the world of hyperfixations, every passion, every obsession, and every craft has a story. What's yours? <laughs>